All right. So um, the last time that we had class, when we just did all that about the Great Commission, we were supposed to cover Pentecost too. So we didn't get that done. So today we're trying to do Pentecost and Life of Peter and Life of Paul. We're trying to get all that into half an hour. So I wrote those two words on the board, Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost. What do you think those mean? Like a holy person that has died. Okay. They're the same thing. They are the same thing. Are they scary? No. no. Nope. So they're not really a ghost or a spirit, probably, right? No. no. Well, I mean, spirits are usually, like, good, I, would get, I think. And ghosts are, like, the ones that are, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how we perceive it, isn't it? Um, actually, the technical definition is just simply the presence of the living God among us. Does that make sense? Kind of. So, I guess, I was just thinking about what you were saying. I guess a spirit, right, I mean, it kind of does, because the spirit, how we think about it, is something that's present, but you don't see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, not like a ghost, so it's scary. But, if you didn't know, if you didn't have any explanation, like things that scientific explanations, things we know now, do you think hearing the words Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost would be a little scary? Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Just, that was kind of funny. Oh, my temple broke. It's in the gym today. Got them repaired. Good deal. All right, so, um, so then, now that we know the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit... If I ask you, what was the birthday of Christianity? What would you answer to that question? January 1st. What? That would be the new year. Yeah. <laughs> I was like... But the birthday of Christianity. Uh, since forever. <laughs> since forever? Since when Jesus was born. No. That's a good guess. And you're close, but that's not right. Back, backwards or forwards? Forwards. So if it's Christianity, Christ has to be in it, right? So it actually began because until Jesus died and rose from the dead, he wasn't any different really than anybody else, right? Except for the miracles that he did. He was human. Um, But at Easter, what happened? He died and then came back to life. (laughs) So that makes him a little different, right? Yeah, people are probably like, what? (laughs) Yeah, would that be very easy to believe? No. Jesus I would think they were crazy person the if they dead. told me something. <laughs> I was dead. Yeah, they were like, I just died and now I'm back alive. I feel like, who are you? What did you do? <laughs> yeah. So, how do you think it felt? Um, this is not part of what we're talking about, but how do you think, just what emotions do you think were going through the women? Uh, scared, confused. happy, confused, <laughs> um, sad, happy. Yeah, so probably all of those things at the same time, kind of, Every right? Yeah, just speeding pretty quickly right through them, right? The creative emotions as well. <laughs> well, that's a good one, probably. Well, so what we're going to do is um, today, as much as we can, we're going to get through the book of Acts. So is Acts in the Old or New Testament? New. New. <laughs> it's in the New because... Who's in it? Jesus. 
right? So actually, um, a lot of people, or I should say a lot of people, it's commonly um, stated that the same person that wrote Luke wrote the Acts. Um, so they, some people kind of call it that it's like Luke part two, the continuing story of the gospel of Luke. And our gospels are what? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's right. Which three are the same? Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Very good. So now we just go Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. So if um, you are trying to talk to anybody about Christianity and teach them what our church is about, uh, Acts, the full name is the Acts of the Apostles. Um, and the Apostles would be who? The Creed. Well, that's false, but that's right. The Apostles' Creed is what we say. It was not actually written by the Apostles. But Apostles are another name for the disciples. You've heard that word before, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the full name of the book is the Acts of the Apostles. So what it is is telling the story of the growth of Christianity and the Christian church. So of all the books in the Bible, it is probably one of the easiest to read because it actually kind of reads like a storybook. So if you want to start somewhere or if you ever get inspired to read the whole Bible, that's a good place to start. You used to have this children's Bible at, this, at my house, and like I kept reading it over and over. I was like, Bible? No, it was like a little kid's Bible, and it had pictures, and there was like oh, one I sentence on each page, and it was like green. No, it was, it like, was like, Adam and Eve did something bad. <laughs> yeah, well, something like that, and I, I kept reading it, because like, I read it in my bed at night, and I'm like, I kept reading it when I was like in, I don't know, like second or third, third grade, and I was like, read. Adam and Eve. So then you kind of have a feeling of the timeline of the Bible then, right? Yeah, kind of. Even though it's, it's very simplified. Well, I want you to open um, your Bibles up to Acts. And I would like somebody to read um, Acts 1, verses 1 and 2. Yeah. All right. I'm already there, so I guess I'll read. All right. Thank you, Lynn. In the first book of Theodorus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. Until the day he was taken up after he had given commands through the, through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Okay. So, what's the first words that you read? In the first book. All right. So, that's kind of our clue that the person who wrote it has already written one of the books of the Bible. And Theopolis is just um, a person. We don't really know, um, or it's not important even who he was, but so it's who uh, the writer of Luke saying, in the first book I dealt with this, and now we're going forward. So we talked about when is the birth of Christianity, the birth of the church. What um, we get a little foresight to when that's going to happen. So if somebody would read um, chapter, I mean, yeah, chapter one still, verse eight. But you will 
receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria, Samaria. and to the end of the earth. All right, so what's going to happen to start the church? Um, the very first sentence that Ella read. All right, so the real church is going to begin. Jesus has been resurrected. He's ascended, and now it's going to come when the power of the Holy Spirit comes, and do you know what day that's called? Pentecost. It is Pentecost. And um, Pentecost has its name because it comes 50 days after Easter, but it all, because Penta means 50. Oh, yeah. But it also... Um, is it was already a festival, so Christians use a lot of festivals that were already going on as celebrations. Um, so it wasn't quite so obvious to the people who didn't like them that they were celebrating something. So it also is 50 days after uh, the Jewish festival of weeks, which is a harvest festival. But we call that Pentecost. So this year we're moving um, confirmation from Reformation Day in October to Pentecost, which is, in June. which is in June this year. Most of the time it's in May. It depends on where, where Easter falls, but this year it's in June. It's the 27th, I think. So uh, Easter? Yeah. 21st, April 21st. And Pentecost is June 9th. Um, why do you think that it's a good idea, or why do you think we like to have um, confirmation on Pentecost? It's holy. What happens at, um, well, we actually call it the affirmation of baptism is what happens, but at your confirmation service, what, what happens to you? You get confirmed. And then you are? A disciple. You're a disciple? You get confirmed then. <laughs> you're confirmed. Uh, you're a confirmed disciple. Um, we technically say that you become an adult member of the church. So I get to become an adult? You get to become an adult. So I already yeah. know what my Bible verse is going to be. It's oh. going to be all the way from Genesis. Good. It's, it's going to be the curses. <laughs> well, that's not good, but <laughs> yeah. we'll talk about that. But um, so on Pentecost, the Spirit comes and inspires you. So couple that with confirmation in your becoming an adult member of the church. Do you see a connection? that you're getting the spirit to go out and um, go and make disciples, right? Jesus literally takes the spirit out of you and just starts shaking him. Make disciples! <laughs> I think he's probably a little kinder than that. I would like to... No, we learned that once like, in confirmation. I think Pastor Zach was teaching you. Then Jesus was like, I come here with a sword, not peace. <laughs> well, he's, he's very violent. He has... Yeah, he has been violent at times. Like when he, he pretends to threw be nice, the tables. He's really violent. Well, Jesus' sword right here. I would, um, I would not call him violent, but he could get angry. That is for sure. All right. So, um, so like the Holy Spirit, we talked about earlier, is all around us, right? If you have, you think of a spirit, you think of it as all around. So what Pentecost did, basically the a uh, way they describe it in the material 
is that the spirit is like electricity that's all around you. Um, but you can't use electricity until you plug the plug in, right? Or you turn the switch on. You have to somehow take that electricity and use it. So that's what was happening at Pentecost. Um, Jesus was plugging us in, if you want to say it that way. He was putting the spirit inside us. Um, actually, the disciples at that point. But that's what happens now. So let's look at um, and read what happened the day of Pentecost so we have an idea. So let's look at um, Acts chapter 2. Peter did make a sermon, but we'll talk about that when we get to Peter. Let's get through um, Pentecost first. So we're going to start reading um, chapter 2, verse 1, all the way to 13. So somebody can read it all, or you can read part and stop, and someone else can pick it. All right, Maddie, let's go. Wait, so verse? 1 through 13. Okay. So everything in the coming of the Holy Spirit. Okay. When the day of the Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from the heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues of, fi- and divided tongues of fire appeared to them, re- resting on each of them, the- and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in others' tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, th- now they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout Devout men, devout men from every nation under heaven, and the sound of the multitude, multitude, mm-hmm. multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language, and they were amazed and astonished, saying, "Are all are not all of these who are speaking Gal, Galileans? Galileans, mm-hmm. and how is it we hear each other in his own native language?" Per- Perthians and Medes and Alamites. Yep, just do the best you can. Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia. Judai and Cappadocia. Why are there so many weird words? This is easier Pontus and Asia. Perthia and Calenphagia, Egypt, <laughs> and the parts of Libya. Libya, uh, yep. Yeah, belong to the Cyrene and visitors of from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. 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 <laughs> no, it's all right. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God and were all amazed and perplexed by saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocked, saying they are filled with new wine. All right, so they are filled with new wine. What do you think that means? Uh, they're drunk. They're drunk, yeah. So all of a sudden there's these, uh, this group of people. The disciples were like, what, fishermen, tent makers, you know, people who, didn't, who weren't very educated at the time. And all of a sudden they start speaking in all these different languages. And all the people around who know who they are are kind of thinking, this is just a little bit weird. Yeah. So all they could come up with, and that was a very good job, Maddie. Thank you for trying all those words. Yay. The point is that it was people from all over the known world at that time were there, and they all heard their own language. Um, so why do you think, why do you think that's important? Because 
that everybody heard it in their own language. Because it's, it's a gathering of all the people from around the world, I guess. So have all these people heard about Jesus yet? No. No. And now they are. Nine. And now they are, right. So that's why we call it the beginning of the church, of Christianity, the Christian church, because um, this is the beginning when all these people are starting to hear about the story of Jesus in their own language. Were they really drunk? Mm-mm. No. Nine. No. They were drunk on Jesus. <laughs> That's the good way they to put it. They were drunk on blood. I mean, yeah, wine is blood. <laughs> well, there you when, go. When Pastor Zach says, like, that, um, like, when... Well, for you. Yeah, like, when they say, like, that, uh, like, this is his body, like, doesn't that body mean, like, that his body is bread and that his blood is wine, then? Yes. So wouldn't yeah, so he just be contained of food? Um, so we can like eat Jesus. Well, technically, that's cannibalism right there. Te- so that bothers a lot of people. So what we, um, as Lutherans, believe, and we'll talk a lot more about this next year because we talk about the sacraments and the catechism next year. But um, we believe in the real presence. We do not believe that the bread and wine actually turns into the body and blood. We believe that. Jesus' presence is within the wine and the bread. Those are just two earthly elements that we use to remember his sacrifice. So we do not believe that we are actually eating <laughs> Jesus. But um, it's called real presence. But we'll talk about that. Um, then I was like, can't you buy Jesus at the store? <laughs> yes. Yeah. like so much bread at the store. We could buy Jesus' blood for $13 and we could buy his body for like a dollar twenty-five. We can reassemble <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So that's a very. There's a lot of complicated things. Like the Holy Spirit is really the hardest part. I mean, it's easy to think of God as a Father, right? Easy to think of Jesus as the Son, and He was a human. The Holy Spirit is a lot harder for us to think about and comprehend. And that's another thing of faith, like the body and blood being bread and wine. It's just one of those things, but, um, but yeah, so real presence is what we believe, not that it turns into. There are some religions that do believe that it becomes the actual blood and body, but not us. Wouldn't it be funny if, like, you just walked in, like, to that church, and they're just, like, there, to, like, trying to assemble, like, bread and wine together to make a human or whatever, and you're just, like, I'm leaving. Yeah, that, that would be weird also. Okay, so from here, um... We're going to go out and spread. So, um, have you ever heard the saying, we're going to try and move on. Um, uh, We're not going to make through all this, but we're going to go. That Peter is the rock. Have you heard that at all? No. Or Peter is um, who the church was built upon. So, um, if not, that's all right. Now you have. But so that's why, here's where Peter becomes important, because what does he do on Pentecost, Liam? Makes a sermon. He makes a sermon. So now we are moving right on to um, Peter, and we'll read um, the last part of um, Peter's sermon. We won't read the whole thing, but they say that the church was built on him because after he got done preaching this sermon, 3,000 people were baptized and so they count that as the beginning of the church. That act right there of 3,000 people saying, yes, we believe right there. 
Do we know? Is it really three thousand? Probably not. I'm probably exaggerating. Maybe it's like five thousand. We were exaggerating. And who knows? Does the number make a difference? No. No. We just know that it was. Well, I mean, I guess a it does lot. make a, lot a of people. difference. Like, it, it makes it like twelve people. Yeah. Like, yeah. It makes a difference. If it's like one person compared to like three thousand people. Like, because one person that kind of just like, I got baptized today, and then three thousand people. They're like. That's a lot of people. Right. So it probably is just as meaning a lot. Yeah. Much more than one. Yeah. yeah. So that number's not important, but a lot of people. And so that's when we believe the Christian church was born. So let's see what the last part of Peter's sermon was that um, encouraged all of those people to become baptized. So we are going to read um, Acts chapter 2, 37 through 39. Back to you, Ella. Yeah, I guess so. All right. Okay. Now, when they heard what? Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, "Brothers, what shall we do?" And Peter said to to them, "Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit." For the promise is for you and for your children and all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. All right, so what do they need to do? Be baptized. Repent and be baptized. And who is the gift of the Holy Spirit for? Them. Them, them and? Other them. Other them. <laughs> how, how about um, everyone... Whom the Lord calls to himself. Okay, that too. That too. So the other thems would be everyone, right? I think other them sounds better. <laughs> it that's does. A new, that's a new dictionary word. A new dictionary thems. word. Perfect. All right, so then let's keep on reading. Um, Liam, do you want to read 42 um, and 43? All right. And they devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. And the all came up, came upon every soul and every wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. All right. And all who believed were together and had these things in common. So now, now church is starting. Church as we kind of know it. It still wasn't exactly like we do. But um, church as we know it is beginning. So they were, had fellowship together. They had the breaking of the bread, which is our communion. So fellowship would be us joining together in a worship service. Um, breaking of the bread would be communion. We say prayers in worship. They um, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which we don't have the apostles with us now. So how do we learn the apostles' teaching? Uh, the Bible. The Bible. So you can pick out all the little parts of the beginning of church as we know it. Um, something else that is different about the church than um, how we do church now is that they looked at community a lot different. So let's look um, at Acts 4 verses 32 and 35 really quick. So, Maddie, I think we're back to you. Okay. I don't think it has any big words in it. <laughs> so, chapter 4, 32, um, oh, I think I found it. through 35. It's right under, um, they had everything in 
Calvary. Yes, exactly. Um, 32 and 30, 32 to 35, yep. Oh, okay. Um, now the full number of those who believed were, were what were... Were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him were his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power of the apostles were given were giving their testimony and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and the great grace was upon all of them. There was not not a needy person among them, as for as for as many as they were. For as many as were owners of the lands or houses sold them, brought them the process of what was sold, and laid them at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each of them, of any that had need. Thus Joseph, who is also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means the son of encouragement, um, a left Levite, a native Cyprus, and a sold a field. Uh, that belonged to him and brought him money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Okay, so do you understand what's going on now? Uh, they're giving the apostles money? Yes. Money so money. what the people have done now, so um, they took the oneness of Christ's preaching very seriously. So all the people that are followers of Jesus now have sold everything that they had, their houses, their clothes and everything. And they come and they give all the money to the apostles. And then the apostles give it to them just as they need it for food. So like if you were hungry, then you would get money for food. If you needed a house, you would get money for a house. So everything was shared commonly, equally as you needed it. Uh, Do you think that would work today? Nope. No, not at all. <laughs> Wait a second. They're giving money. You know what that means? Money, honey, give me money. <laughs> <laughs> I but I thought, like, you meant, like, like when you said that, what I thought you meant was, like, um, the, the people were like, here, take all of my money. And the apostles were like, okay, and I'll take it all back. Uh, like, no. Nope. Gave every single dollar back. Reverse heat. Yeah. No, they, um, so their philosophy was that. Yeah, so the money was all in one pot and you just got took out what you needed. Or you were given what you so were needed. Take it back. Nope. So why do you think it would not work today? Because people would be like, I need lots of money to buy AirPods and uh, <laughs> McDonald's. And then you'd take the whole pot and be like, see and ya. Samsung S10s. So you don't think people no. would, um, <laughs> it would be shared very equally. I need a new Fortnite skin. Yeah, that would be people. They'd be like, I need Fortnite and AirPods, and then buy like 20 of each, and be like, hey, hey. Well, first of all, how easy would it be to sell everything that you own? Not at all. People would be like, I can't sell. Unless you give it to a homeless man, that would be pretty easy. Yeah, but could you do that? Could you go home right now and pack up all of your stuff? Nope, that would take a... That would take too long. I kind of have to do that because I'm going on vacation. So I do have to pack <laughs> yeah. up. But, you but you're not going to give it away to somebody else. I'm giving it away to myself. That's right. So the way that we've been raised in our culture and our society today, this would be very, very um, hard for us uh, to do, yeah, wouldn't yeah. it? Well, it would be like crying. Someone, wanted the, like, someone would be like, well, I have like seven children so i need all of it because that's just how it works and then we no have, one else would get anything. we have 19 children right so and say ella you put in i don't know let's say a thousand dollars and and uh, maddie you put in 500 and liam you put in a penny yeah 
<laughs> but then all of you are getting equal money back out of it. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. So that... How would that work, though? We have only a penny. We could get, like, a third of a penny. But then he would be That's in... Right. No, because he would be in need, so he would get the equal portion that you guys did. So he would not be needy anymore. So well, for the people... On, money. So the people on the low end of the deal, it really helps them. And that was the purpose. They didn't want anybody to be in need. But when we look back on that, it's very hard for us yeah, like people, to think like, about living that way yeah like poor people they'd be like sure i'm in for this and like like rich people would be like absolutely not right and so there would be no money anyway because nobody would give up their yeah, money like, you're right like people who are like poor and like homeless people or whatever they would be like oh sure i'll come and do this and they only have like like five dollars they'd be like whoop throw it in there and then like everybody else was like, oh, I only have $5 too. And they all like throw it in there. And they end up all getting just $5 back. <laughs> but so, you know, um, we're going to close on this. We're not going to make it to Paul. But um, so the church, though. Exactly 545. I know. As a community, as the community of St. Paul, we have what we call benevolences. And so that is money that we take out of our budget every year. And we give to people in need. Or we give to people we can help. So um, we don't do it exactly the same way that they did it there, where we all give our money in. But just so you know, as um, you become older in the church and how the church works, part of the offering that comes in every week, part of it goes to pay for people's salaries, and part of it goes to pay for the electricity and all that. But we do have a designated amount every year that goes to help people in different areas of need. So we kind of are following that example to an extent. But kind of not. <laughs> but kind of not, because everyone still has their own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Jesus. Wait, look at the story that's right there. It's the one, like the, that's the one with the lame beggar. The one that... Oh, where I created... Yeah. Um, give me money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you guys, um, I'll have a good spring break. Okay. And we will...